What's going on, BW Sports One World? This is your boy, The Lion, and this is Combat Zone. And I'm here with a special guest now, Mr. John Lee Schaubeck. What is going on, sir? How you doing? What's up, The Lion? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, hanging in there, getting excited for this big event. Yes, yes. You have a, a debut coming up, I believe, correct? February 5th? Yes, a bare knuckle, a bare knuckle debut. So this will be pretty exciting, something I've never done before. There you go. John Schaubach heading in to toe his foot on that line for some bare knuckle fighting championship action. I can't wait to see you, sir. Now, I got a question here starting off. I see you're Florida born, but now you reside in Michigan. Now, me being in Indianapolis, I like the warm weather, so I don't understand the concept of people coming from the, the warmth to the snow and stuff so to kind of fill me in on that background of how that move happened well i uh when i was young about you know second grade my uh, parents split up and my dad you know my dad's family where my uh, my grandpa was a captain in the navy and he retired to the florida keys and that's where i grew up until my parents split up and then my mom kind of came back to the the snowy place of you know wild lake area and uh and then i've been kind of around the uh this area okay so is brighton i believe is an outside outskirts of detroit right right yeah but we're about you know 40 minutes from detroit okay uh kind of give us a little background of your, your you know your fighting uh career whether it be mma boxing you know jujitsu everything i do see that you were a coach a boxing coach at michigan correct university of michigan Yes, I uh, I tried out for the team, and then um, they thought that I had too much experience, you know, or that you know it's kind of hard to get matched up in fights uh, in college if I wasn't going to go against one of the armed forces um, because I had a lot of amateur fights compared to other guys on the team. So after the second day of sparring, they just offered me a coaching position. And I accepted, and I thought that would look really good on my resume. And uh, yeah, and so. That kind of gave me a, a little bit of extra, you know, things to do while I was going to the University of Michigan. It kind well, of ignited my way back into boxing because I, uh, I was really focused on being a lawyer at that time. Okay, wow, that, that's so you went from run realm to the next, and then now you're back to where your heart is and and the fighting. Exactly, and the boxing. exactly, exactly right. I uh, I took a little time off and I went to school and I went and got my degree, and then now I'm back to my original. My original dream, you know, to uh, finish what I started. Nice, nice. I like that. Now, one of our partners here at BW Sports One is a huge Go Blue fan. It's unfortunately <laughs> it's not me, but he's going to love and enjoy this moment of me, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan, having a conversation <laughs> with a Michigan Wolverine alum. So I just had to throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, kind of kind of looking over and researching you a little bit, I seen one of your favorite quotes, and I need you to elaborate on the BW Sports One world for us. The juice is worth the squeeze. Can you elaborate a little bit on what that means to you? Um, it just means that, um, you know, whatever you're going to go into, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot if you want it bad enough. And, uh, you know, you know, you have to really decide, you know, how bad do you want it? And when it comes to fighting and putting myself out there in front of everyone fighting for my family, you know, I know if I go out like that, I definitely did doing what I love and not everybody can, um, you know, can choose their way, you know, so that's what it means. It means every time I step in there, um, you know, you can get killed. And that's why I have nothing but respect for fighters. And uh, if you're willing to get in there in front of everyone and put your life on the line in front of people who will just criticize you, then you know, I got nothing but respect for you. You know, and that's what that means. I like it. I like Especially it. when it applies to fighting. You can apply that to pretty much anything, you know, but mm -hmm. when it applies to fighting, you know, uh, I, I'll go out on my shield either way. Gotcha. I like it, man. I like it. Now, to kind of segue into this, what you said, you know, with the, the naysayers and the haters, a lot of people call them. So when people look at your boxing career, they look at, you know, the record and then they look at who you fought. How do you kind of push those haters aside knowing that looking at your record, you know, those haters are going to come out and say, oh, well, you've fought nothing but, you know, debut fighters or, oh, you fought somebody with, uh, you know, a two and six, two and seven record. You know, uh, what does that mean to you and how do you go about directing um, your experience, your knowledge and what you put in front of everybody in the cage or the ring um, to work against these haters? Um, well, uh, that's, that's kind of an interesting question. Um, I used to be really sensitive to haters and my, uh, my promoter, Carlos, uh, the guy, the guy that, um, runs the Motor City Casino. Um, he was just trying to tell me about, man, haters are good, man. You need haters. And, uh, and at first I was really sensitive, but then, you know, uh, one day I was, um, watching two guys online argue over me and I didn't know either one of them. And I realized something's kind of, you know, happening that's out of my control. And I just needed to roll with it. Um, you know, I've, uh, you know, fought all the guys that, um, you know, Carlos and I have, you know, decided were the, the right guys at the right time. And I did everything I was supposed to do with them, you know. So now we're on to the next opportunity, you know, we keep moving up the ladder. You know, I only focus on, um, you know, my goals and what I'm supposed to do, not the criticisms of people who, you know, most of them are too scared to even make the walk. So, that, you know, I've not on your level, but I have made that walk several times to the both the boxing ring and the MMA cage. And like you said, some people, most people don't even have the balls to make that walk. And once you actually do make that walk, and the first time, I mean, you're looking at it like, oh, damn. It's here. Kind of give me the the insight and that feeling of how your first bout went as far as you back in the in, in the backstage area getting ready and walking out that very first time. Um, as an amateur or a pro or a... I mean, the very first time. So as an amateur, the very first time. Oh wow, the amateur very first time. If um... you can remember that far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. Um, I think that was um. 
Um, I think that was around, you know, 2001 or 2002 or something like that. But um, yeah, I remember being, you know, uh, super nervous and, um, you know, uh, seeming like everybody was larger than life and way tougher than me. And then, and then you get in there and you remember all the things that you've been doing and they all come together, you know, and ever since then, you know, I treat every opponent you know, like they're Mike Tyson and that they could knock me out with one punch. And I keep my hands up and my chin down and I do what I know and um, methodically just go to work, you know. So, you know, that's that's how I approach fighting very logically and very relaxed. So was there any difference in that first walk as an amateur to when you finally actually signed that contract being put in your professional um, that professional stamp on you. Was there any difference? I mean, obviously the, the, the nerves were probably there as always, but just not as much. And, and maybe, maybe a little bit more because you got the, you know, the, the more of the limelight being a professional fighter. Um, I would say, uh, the, the, the most nervous I ever felt, you know, um, and also the most relaxed, it's kind of weird, is the I did my first MMA fight the day after my dad died. Hmm. And um, I had never tried MMA before. And, um, you know, I was really like, you know, wasn't sure if, you know, if I should do it, but I knew that I would regret it if I didn't and that he would want me to do it. You know, so I went through with the fight anyways, even though a lot of people were trying to tell me that I wasn't in the right mindset. But I ended up doing a a spinning back kick and knocking the guy out with a broken rib. And, uh, you know, I, it just like came out of nowhere. And I think it's because I was so relaxed in there. And when I had my first pro fight, you know, I was even more relaxed and, um, you know, I just, you know, tend to, uh, you know, kind of tune out the crowd and just focus on what I'm supposed to do in there. And that's, that's just take care of the one guy that I'm going to be looking uh, across from. And I seem to really have tunnel vision for that. Gotcha. Well, I, you know, I, I obviously send my condolences uh, for your, your loss of your dad. Um, that sucks for anybody. You know, I, I I'm fortunate enough to still have my parents both here with us. But I mean, that has to be drive in itself. I mean, you lose a parent and I'm, especially if you're close to and you go out there and, and do something that, like you said, he would want you to continue on with. I mean, what other forms of drive has, ha you know, that, that um, oh, adversity that you've gone, gone through in your life to get to where you're at now? Um, well, yeah, that, you know, that stay the course, you know, that last words that he said to me, you know, you know, stay the course, fight, relax, you know fight smart i love you forever i really just like ever since that day really just you know took off with every opportunity that i can get out of this fight business and really use promoters you know for to my to my you know advantage and not let them take advantage of me you know so uh you know in the fight game these promoters can really swallow you up and spit you out um and, you know, I tend to be a little bit more educated with a, with an approach with everything I do. Uh, and so, you know, that's why I'm 4-0 in MMA and 9-0 in boxing. And, you know, the haters can say whatever they want. But I did what I was supposed to do with those guys that were lined up against me. And, um, and now, you know, there's a new opponent. And, you know, at the end of the fight, you know, the people will say, you know, what they're going to say, you know, win or loss, it doesn't matter. 
You keep doing what you do, brother. I love it. I have four. I, I have four children, and everything I do is for them. Uh, you know, my wife, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I found a way to be able to uh, do what I love to do, which is spend all my time in the gym, training all day, and still pay all my bills. And I think a lot of fighters, you know, uh, wish that they could could have that opportunity to be able to train all day and get paid to train and have sponsors that you know take care of. You. You know, so I got a lot of high, a lot of haters just from accomplishing those feats. You know, so you know, I, uh, I, I, I really um, relish in it now. Before it used to hurt my feelings. I'm like, this guy doesn't even know me. Why doesn't he like me? You know, but now I'm like, you know, I, I like it. There you go. All right. So we were talking about the adversity that you've gone through to get to where you're at. You fight and you do whatever you do right now for your kids, your wife, and your family. Let's kind of kind of play on that. Where do you see, do you have any kids that are interested, for one, in doing what dad's doing? And B, would you and your wife allow it to happen? Um, my daughters, my daughters are interested here and there. You know, all my kids know how to punch the right way and they have good technique. My my son doesn't really like working out hard, you know. <laughs> He doesn't want to put in the conditioning, you know, sometimes I make him go to boxing class, uh, you know, maybe once a week or something, you know, to just get him moving. You know, uh, uh, my girls are into dance and cheerleading and and they show signs of being wanting to be into fighting, you know, but uh, I don't push anybody uh, to be into anything. I I let them, you know, find their own way and what interests them and I just support them and whatever they want to do. And I'm sure being a cheerleader or a couple of them, they are daddy's biggest cheer fans right there, I'm sure, right? Yeah, uh, it's funny. Um, my girls will always give me their finishing move that they want me to finish the guy with, you know, whether it's MMA or boxing, you know. And uh, I'd always ask them, you know, what's it going to be this time, you know, and uh, they'll they'll tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and you better listen I to them, Dad. I, I try to make it happen, but sometimes, you know, the other guy is stubborn. Yeah, well, you know, the, the good old saying, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, and then that kind of all goes out the window, and you got to do what you got to do to survive in there. Absolutely. Now, uh, again, we're talking about your debut at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, and you've been with – you have years of experience in boxing – what has the difference been in this fight camp compared to past ones where the gloves have been on and now you know you're walking into a bare knuckle fight? What is the difference in training? Um, I would say, you know, I've been focusing on, you know, throwing a lot more uh, sharp punches, you know, when I'm conditioning and hanging the bag or anything and not so much power shots and just being quick and very uh, technical and precise doing a lot of jumping rope and uh, running and, you know, making sure that all my conditioning is by far, you know, superior since I have the time to be doing it. Um, and uh, trying to protect my hands, you know. Uh, I mean, I did one simulated round, uh, a 10-minute round on the, uh, on the um, rubber on the rubber water bag and um, you know, my I feel like my hands are going to fare pretty well through 10 minutes of uh you know, my opponent's head, you know, so 
you know, I'm not too worried about it. I'm not going to be flinging power shots or try to get into a firefight. I'm going to show my experience and, you know, show my uh, technical skills. I like it. I like it. Now, going from boxing to MMA was a little struggle for myself. Now, I can only imagine, you know, when you have those big boxing gloves on and you're able to use those as, you know, a blocking mechanism. And now all you have is your, you know, your bare hands, your knuckles to do that. So, like you said, those strikes have got to be more accurate, I would think, especially going through the hands to get to that nose and that face area. But you're a professional, man. You know how to do this. You're getting ready to get it done in February, uh, what, three weeks, February 5th. I can't wait, man. Yeah, and I, um, you know, I know my opponent, you know, Greg Bono out of Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, I have looked at the video of his boxing fight, and I don't underestimate him at all. He looks like a very scrappy guy, and he's going to come to fight. And, you know, he's going to try to accomplish his dreams, and his dreams get in the way of my dreams. And, so we're going to clash in the middle of there and me the best man win. That's right. Again, I can't wait to watch you February 5th. Now, really quick before we go, I'm going to do a thing that I like to do with all the fighters that I interview. It's called Rapid Knockout. It's <coughs> five questions that have absolutely nothing to do with the fight world. Okay, you ready? Ready. Favorite food? Lobster. I love it. I like some lobster, especially if it's fresh. Fresh. Yes. Favorite music or song? Um, I would say like most the rock and roll genre. Okay. Any specific uh, artist? Or no, group? I couldn't. No, I couldn't. I could. I, I pretty much like everything, and I can't really gravitate to any one thing for too long. You know, so you gotcha. know, I uh, tend to uh, listen to new things and you know find new tastes and. Uh, you know, but I would say I generally avoid something. I generally listen to something with a guitar and drums and a bass guitar. There you go. I like that too. Favorite sport other than, you know, boxing, MMA, bare knuckle? Um, I would say it used to be football because I played football back in high school. Um, but man, to play, uh, I don't know. Tennis. <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier on the body than football and fighting, isn't it? Yeah, it's the, there hasn't there pretty much hasn't been anything else but UFC and boxing and and now bare knuckle for me for many years. You know, it's it's been that. Gotcha. Uh, who is the biggest role model of yours growing up? Whether that be you know personal um, or the sports world or however you want to look at it. It was definitely my my grandfather and my father. My grandpa flew uh, 55 missions in Korea and 60 missions in Vietnam. And he was uh, the head test pilot for the entire Navy at one point. And, you know, wow. he always told me that, uh, you know, whatever you're going to do with your life, you know, you need to focus on it and you need to have tunnel vision. And I really, you know, listened to those echoing words in my mind. And, you know, it was funny. One day he uh, said to me, you know, John, it's okay that you're scared to fly. Uh, he's like, I tried boxing once, and he just kind of sniffed his nose, like, and then he walked away, and that was it. That's like he had a very subtle way of letting you know things. You know what I mean? Like, so, so he uh, he he may have been a pilot that dropped a lot of bombs and went to war and you know life and death situations, but 
he got punched in the nose one time and that was all it was for him. So to each their own, you know, all of us humans have our unique qualities and mine seems to be uh, not getting, not mine when I get punched in the head. There you go. Last question. What's your favorite hobby outside of, you know, your sport? Um, my favorite hobby outside of my sport, I would say continuously is just a part of my life is running. You know, I, uh, I, I do so much running, you know, and I never really considered it part of my training. It's just part of my lifestyle. That's where I have most of my visions going on and my daydreaming and thinking about what I'm going to accomplish. So, you know, I, I just tie running to, you know, my most, my most prevalent hobby for sure. Well, sir, you are much better person than I am when it comes to running because I don't like treadmills. Now I'll get on an elliptical all day long. <laughs> But as far as treadmill and the actual running part, I think my life is done with all that because a lot of football uh, growing up, tons of running. I just never liked it. I still don't. But, hey, like you said, to each their own. And it helps you, obviously, in your goals that you that you got set for 2021 and the future because running is definitely part of that conditioning. Right. And I, I try to be outside as much as possible when I'm doing it, but the, the cold really gets to me still. I'll always be a Florida Keys guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, you know, so I never really acclimate to the cold. I just deal with it. And right now I have a treadmill next to my bed, you know, and that's where I run, you know, so no excuses. You know, I don't have to think about, you know, oh, I wish I ran, you know, I just do it and get it done. And then I can sleep at night, you know, and my opponent, you know, I hope he's working as hard as I am so that fight is is just what uh, everybody wants to see. You know, otherwise it's not going to last that long. I cannot wait to see. And if I do blink, I hope it's not during the time you knock your opponent out, John. Really <laughs> quick before we cut out, let's give your shout outs to your teammates, your sponsors, your, your gyms, you know, whatever you want to shout out to right now. Um, I'd like to give a, a shout out to, uh, obviously Dave Feldman for giving me this opportunity. Finally, uh, you know, he's, he said I would be on the page Van Zandt card last year and that those dates changed and I always got a little bitter, but, uh, he's a man of his word. I am fighting on the page Van Zandt card on February 5th. You know, I want to thank my wife and my kids for always supporting me and loving me and, uh, and putting up with me, you know, whether I'm cutting weight, you know, or eating something different, you know, than all of them. Um, you know, I want to thank James Gray for keeping the gym open and allowing everyone to continue their martial arts way of life and let my business continue to flourish, you know, and let all of our members and, and uh, teammates all continue to chase their dreams. I want to thank Carlos Illness for all the opportunities at the Motor City Casino and, you know, he'll be right there with me during all of this, you know, barbaric shit that we're about to do together. <laughs> you know, we're still in it together. We're still, you know, staying the course. You know, I think my I think my sponsors, Broadstone Homes, for, you know, taking care of me, uh, my new management team, Smith Brothers. Um, I want to thank CRW Plasticos for always sponsoring me for so many years. Ravine Plaza, the undercard. Um uh, uh, I want to thank McDonald's, McDonald's law offices, you know, um, you know, I thank every single person that's bought a sign for me. I started a new business in 2021, which is these, you know, wooden American signs, like the one you have behind you, 
Nice. And, uh, you know, I built over a hundred of them, you know, and, um, it's kind of crazy how that business really took off, you know? So, um, you know, I've been, uh, really, uh, you know, I've been really blessed, you know, and I have a lot of support and, um, you know, I have a lot of things to fight for and I, I stay motivated and I stay disciplined. So I'm excited for this, man. I really am. And, uh, I'm excited to show everybody what I've been doing my entire life. Well, I know again, John, I'm excited to watch you in your debut at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, February 5th down in the Tampa, Florida area. Kind of a welcoming back home. It's not it's not the keys, but it's a lot closer than Detroit, Michigan is. So, John, thank you again for your time, allowing me to sit down with you and discuss a little bit of this, that, and the other here at Combat Zone. Can't wait to see you February 5th. And you always got a home to sit here and talk to me if you want to after the fights. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good one. We'll see him, John Lee Shawback, February 5th, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship 16. That's right. He is looking to knock that opponent out. I can't wait to see it. And we'll see you guys back here at the Combat Zone. Peace.